Hello, I'm Jess Nix, the Absolute Empowerment Coach. Welcome to my podcast. I'm a certified life coach, NLP master, and creator of the D-Bitch Your Brain methodology. I do the deep and I do the silly, because life's about balance, right? I call the inner critic the bitch, and there's a bitch for every emotion or theme in life. Your bitch keeps you stuck. She keeps you doubting and makes you feel like you're the only one when the reality is we all have a bitch in our head. The good news is there are endless ways to shut her up and to experience more confidence in life. And I'm going to talk about them all with my guests, calling upon their wells of wisdom, fueling your tank with self-belief in the process. Let's get to it. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and I'll tell you how I became the host of a podcast, yeah. (laughs) This is not about me becoming a podcast host, but it's about stories. And the first song that came to my head when I thought about stories was The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So there you go. (laughs) How are you this week, people? I hope you are well. So... It's really common to let victim thinking show up in our daily lives. I'm bad with money because we didn't have any when I was a kid. It's not my fault the presentation didn't go well. I wasn't given enough time. Blaming other people and not taking responsibility for our situations, refusing to recognise our role, is part of listening to your inner critic, where if you questioned her, you might actually see a different side to the story. In this week's episode, Claire spoke about the grief of losing three close family members in the space of three years. Now, she could quite easily have let this become a narrative of not fairness, of sinking into depression and blaming the world and the other and other people in it for what had happened to her, which would have been understandable. Her story was pretty unbelievable. But Claire didn't fall victim to victim thinking. She made her terrible story of bereavement mean something else. She made it mean hope. She made it mean connection. She channeled the energy into her meal planning business because that's what she did for her sick relatives. She cooked for them and helped them as they drew towards the end of their lives. It was such an inspiring story of turning grief into something beautiful and a wonderful illustration that life is truly what we make it mean. Life is the story that we choose to tell, be it a drama, a romance, a thriller, a piece of naff holiday fiction, or an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But the power of stories, everything is a story, a version, a perspective, an angle, a carbon copy, an example of something else. So how do you tell stories and why? Might you embellish a few bits for extra shits and giggles? Might you add a bit that never happened? Depending on the content of your story, you might play down some of it because of modesty or shame. So today I want to talk specifically about the stories we tell ourselves that include the words can't and don't. I can't do that. I don't have time. I can't do that because I don't have the right experience and other people are way better than me and are more suited. Plus, I don't know how to get started. I don't have the time or money for anything new. Sound familiar? Yes. These types of story, the can'ts and I don't, I can't, I don't, 
make whatever you're dealing with in your reality so massive that you can't see over the top of them. They are the equivalent of dropping a skyscraper in your path and making the only way out to go over it. And when a skyscraper is 100 floors high, it kind of seems impossible. You can't do it. So what we're going to do in this episode is break down that skyscraper into some little bungalows that you could easily see your way through over or around. (laughs) Smaller is better in this context. The context of finding a way out. Break it down. If you drove a car down a one-way street and hit a dead end, would you just spend the rest of your life sat there staring at the wall? (laughs) Can't go that way. Nope. You'd reverse the car, right? And find another route. But so often in life, we say, I can't. And then just sit there and stare at the wall. (laughs) God, a career change? Oh, I, I can't do that. I don't have time for that. A morning run? I don't have time for that. My colleague who wrote and published a book? I could never do that. We're so used to listening to our internal monologue because it's there 24-7. It's become unconscious behaviour. We just listen and accept. And one of the reasons I love working with my deep it's your brain concept is because it provides the framework to think about thinking. It encourages you to catch your thoughts and go, oh my God, I'm totally doing the woe is me bitch here, aren't I? Because we forget, or maybe it just never occurred to us that we can challenge these thoughts in our head. Just like we challenge someone at work if they asked us to shout all the swear words we knew at the top of our lungs in the middle of the office first thing on a Monday morning. But when the statements are coming from our own heads, we behave like robots and just do as we are told. It's bonkers. You're so predisposed to listening to bitchify, you don't even realise that you can press pause and rewind to check the nonsense you just heard and skip all the thoughts you don't want to listen to. Hell, you can even create your own playlist of thoughts if, 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 if you think with intention, if you think on purpose. Here's a, here's a ridiculous example of me not thinking on purpose. A couple of weeks ago, I was going running and I had a new running bum bag and I clipped it on uh, and looked in the mirror and caught my reflection. And then I was taking this bum bag off again. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Pulled myself into consciousness and rewound my thoughts to see what was going on. And my thought was, well, what will people think? This bum bag is green and my running top is maroon. <laughs> and then I realised what I was doing and I cracked up laughing. Was I really not going to wear my running bum bag? Because other people might think I looked ridiculous in colours that don't go. Because <laughs> the thing is, if I hadn't have caught my thought and rewound it and questioned it, I potentially would have gone out without my running bum bag on and maybe with a more cumbersome rucksack making my run less pleasurable because I was worried that other people would think that my aqua bum bag was not the thing for the (laughs) the maroon top. It's just so ridiculous. But this is just one example that I managed to catch. By the way, I did go out with with the, the running kit that did not go because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and run. But the things we tell ourselves we can't do 
it's all so unconscious in our mind most of the time. My story of I can't go running in that bum bag is just so ridiculous. So the story I choose to tell myself with intention is I go running in what the hell I like and what is comfortable to hold my keys in. But if we're not aware of these stories, then we just end up running into lampposts or the skyscrapers I talked about at the start. And if we don't question our thoughts and simply accept the noise in our head as truth, as facts, then we so often find ourselves sitting in that car on the dead end road, staring at the wall, going nowhere fast or making these bizarre decisions that change and affect how we are living our lives without us taking a second thought. And so often the thoughts that are guiding our behaviour are as ridiculous as my running bum bag story. So the truth is you could change your career and get started in a new direction of life or write a book like your colleague did. You just need to become aware of your thoughts and then change your thoughts. Tell yourself a different story. Ask a better question. Well, if my colleague can write a book, maybe I could? What could I write about? How do you get published? Who else do I know who has written a book? How long does it take to publish one? What advice can my colleague give me? These types of open questions turn the dead end road on its head. Instead of shutting down the idea of a career change and using can'ts and don'ts, challenge those thoughts. If I was to change my career, what would play to my strengths? Or how would I feel if I changed my career? Changing the focus here from the thing, that being the career, to the emotion surrounding the thing, that being how a change would make you feel, and getting your brain to engage with contemplating your strengths and how you are going to feel in this new future scenario, you're flipping the focus from something that seems way too huge to think about. You're breaking it down into bite-sized chunks, calling on your emotions of this possible future state can be really inspiring if you want to connect with your why. Let's say your heart and soul really, 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 really want the career change, then connecting with that emotion of what it's going to make you feel like, the joy, the freedom, the purpose or whatever it is, can provide you with a huge source of motivation for when everything else feels too big. It can help you change a can't into a how can I? Our stories are so limiting. I was working with a client who, despite being very senior in her role, was experiencing a debilitating lack of self-worth. She was telling herself a story about how her boss didn't like her. Her boss thought she was useless. So like being the car stuck at the dead end, all this woman could see was the evidence of her boss not liking her because that was her story. And so she wasn't making any progress at work. She was just stuck at the brick wall and it made her anxious and worried all the time. So when she started to challenge her thoughts, to become aware of them and challenge that story about what she was making her thoughts mean, she began to see her boss quite differently differently. 
and she could see that the story she was telling herself wasn't necessarily true. And so she started to request catch-up meetings with her boss and started to feel a real shift in their relationship and their communication began to flow. And she realised her story about her boss was making her show up from a place of weakness. And once she realised that, she could see what she was doing and she began to question her thoughts and look at her behaviour in a different way, which meant she began to show up with intention, playing to her strengths instead of drowning in the things that she believed were her weaknesses. And she ended up with a 12-month extension on her contract and more dosh by asking questions that broke down the skyscraper of doom, creating cute little bungalows instead. So make sure you question your story, your can'ts, your don'ts, and what you make them mean. Because if you're not going out for your exercise because your colours don't match, you really are being a massive wally like I was. So where are you stuck in a dead end right now? Where are you staring at a brick wall? And what possibilities are available to you if you turn around and find another route? What happens if you build bungalows and not skyscrapers? Bye for now, gang. If you're loving what you're hearing on this podcast, then please share it with someone who you reckon needs to hear it. Then come on over to my website, jessnix.com and sign up to my mailer to keep you in the loop with all things empowerment and debitching your brain. Give me a cheeky follow on the gram at Jessnix Coaching. Until next time, remember, your thoughts are just fiction of the mind. Bye bye now.